The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. And that's because the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe has some great features like the available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads, and much, much more. So think about those places that you want to go, the things that you'd like to do this weekend and where the Santa Fe can take you. Learn more about the all new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Freaking first cut. Golly. Welcome to the First Cut Podcast. I'm Rick Gaiman, and this is your recap episode for this week's Wyndham Championship. And joining me to break it all down, it's Greg Ducharme. Greg, that's it. Regular season, it's over. VinceCarter.gif, it's over. We're headed over. to the playoffs, and Wyndham Championship is in the books. Playoffs? Oh, <laughs> that That's yeah. dual meaning because we had a six-way playoff, playoffs? And, we are, and we are going to the Playoffs? Playoffs? <laughs> we've had so many like this is kind of this this has kind of been crazy the playoffs that we've had we had um the the harris english and um uh i can see his fit kramer hickok playoff at the travelers and then right after that in the opposite field event we had um your boy seamus power and jt Pokes, and they went a couple of holes they did and then we we had another one go four holes on I feel like on the um on the PGA tour. Yeah, we well. just had one like we, we we went so long without a playoff and then we got a bunch down the stretch. Let's see. Yeah, here. And long ones. We had long playoffs. We had a lot of people. This is have six people in a playoff is uh and kind of intense. Didn't answer win did didn't answer win in a playoff? Yeah, because it was Hideki answer right. and a third guy in the playoff last week. Right. Um it didn't go that many holes, but yeah. So it's, um, it's been that it always seems to happen this way, by the way, where you'll have no playoffs for like an entire year, not a single playoff through the whole season on tour. And then other years, it's every other event is a playoff. And this is definitely, at least this summer, definitely one of those. Kevin Kisner gets it done. He wins a six-way playoff. We're going to talk a lot about that. I have a lot of, we got a lot of Kevin Kisner conversation to be had. I got a lot of playoff takes, all that good stuff. But we have to talk about Russell Henley first. Let's just uh, let's just get it out of the way here, Greg, because he entered the final round with a three-shot lead. He made the turn in one under. Things were looking uh, great. He makes birdie on 10, and then the wheels start to fall off on 11. Uh, this is where he missed what was, I want to get the absolute right distance here, 18 inches. Does that sound right? Yeah. One yeah. foot six. I got one foot six. Yeah, inches. That's what I have to 18 I'm, I'm inches, 18 inches. And when they had the back camera and I told you this before we went hot, he was lining that up and I'm like, he's not, he, he's playing it inside the cup or he's playing it right in the middle. And this thing breaks hard. He lips it out. He makes bogey on 11. He'd make another bogey on 12. He makes a bogey on 14, uh, another bogey on 18 and misses the playoff. Doesn't even get in. I, it's so hard. This these are hard, right? It, it it's so hard because it's so easy to sit um, here in our ivory towers and and criticize. And I, I don't like to do that, but 
Um, this is kind of what happened to Harris English too, where there's one mistake early on for Harris. He hit a ball in a water in the water at 11 for, for Russell Henley. He misses an 18 inch putt and it's just, it, it's so inexcusable, but you look at what he had going on and he makes an early bogey at two an easy part of the golf course. And it's kind of like, Oh, he's going to let a lot of guys back in. If you're not making birdies out here, you're letting the chasers get back into play. And then he writes the ship and he settles it down and he makes birdie at five, takes advantage there, makes another birdie at eight, another one at 10. And it went from, Ooh, this could be close to, Oh, he's going to do it. He's going to yep. run away again. Again, this is going to get boring, but not so fast. Cause it's really hard to win on Sundays. And um, from 11 on it, it did not look comfortable at all. The shot at 12, I know that's a really long hole, but it just got going left, going left. And now you have a rule, a rule situation where you got, you know, can't, uh, you got cords you got to deal with and it takes more time and you're dealing with rules officials. And all that does whenever those things happen is build anxiety. So the anxiety is building and building and building gradually. And um, you get, you make a nice up and down at 13, even though you're in the fairway, 128 yards away and miss the green. That's quite disappointing. Um, so again, I, I can't believe I'm doing this. And then you hit the shot at 14, which, and then the, the putt at 18, just it's brutal. <sighs> Russell Henley brutal. and Hudson Swafford, the only golfers inside the top 45 on the leaderboard who shot over par on Sunday. The other bad thing for Russell Henley and not to pile on, I love Russ, but missing out on the playoff by one shot isn't a runner-up finish. He finished in a three-way tie for seventh. He doesn't even get all the good money or the FedEx Cup points to go along with missing out on a playoff by one shot. It, it's brutal. It is absolutely brutal um, it, because it's so dramatic, the difference. You go from 500 points for a win down into a tied seventh. I mean, what, what are you getting? 35 points for that or something? I, I don't, I, I don't, I don't know. I know. The distribution, yeah. but it's a dramatic, dramatic fall off. So really, really um, kind of disappointing for Harris English. A six-way playoff that tied the record for the largest playoff uh, in PGA Tour history. A couple of I'll, I'll read through the names here, but um, so here we go. So so Roger Sloan gets in shooting a Sunday sixty-six. Adam Scott gets in shooting a Sunday sixty-five. Siwoo Kim gets in with a Sunday sixty-four, scorching Siwoo rounds. Brandon Grace buries a long putt on eighteen to get into the playoff. You love to see that. And then a couple of Kevins round out this one, Greg, Na and Kisner to make this a six way playoff. And, and because it was only six, only six, they all play in the same group. Yeah. Which is, um, which is cool. I, I feel like it's the only way yes. it's so hard to, to divvy them up, but at the same time, um, having 12, having 12 guys walk down a fairway is, um, you know, it, it's so bizarre. It's so easy to forget about somebody, which I find so funny. So Adam Scott hits one in there. Close. You feel like you forget about everybody else. 
Um, and all of a sudden you still see, it looked like it was over when Adam Scott hit that shot. Can, can we talk about that? So the first playoff yeah. hole, Adam Scott, absolutely. He hit the, he hit the best drive. He was right down at the edge of the fairway, right before it kind of cuts off. He stuffs one to, I think we said it was four feet, 11 inches. Yeah. And, uh, here's the thing when you're playing with five others, Greg, and you are stuffed in there close. A lot of time passes between the moment that you stuffed one in there and you have to hit the putt and you can see the wheel spinning. You can see him pulling out the greens reading book, putting it away, pulling it back out. It's just, That's a lot of time to wait on a putt to win a golf tournament. Yeah, it is. Uh, especially that's that distance where you everybody think, oh, that yeah, distance. he's made it. Even, even Jim Nance said on the broadcast, a, a pretty simple Pretty simple look. In other words, this doesn't look good for everybody else. Um, but it time passed and it ticked on, and everybody else missed the green except Roger Sloan. Right. Roger Sloan and Adam Scott were the only two guys to have a birdie putt. I mean, Siwoo Kim hits it way over the green, and you're thinking if you watch Kevin Kisner's shot in regulation which is one of the reasons why I'm glad he won. I know we'll get to it, but it nearly is an inch away from funneling all the way back down to the hole. You think about where Siwoo Kim has to land that ball or what he has to get his ball to do to get it close from over the green. And he gets it up and down. It'll play. I mean, they're, these guys are just, they're so good and so fun to watch. And you expect Kevin Nas making a, a long putt for par. You're thinking it's over. But they know that it's not. And so they're out there grinding it out for the pars, which uh, was was really, really cool to see. That was almost more impressive that no one made bogey there. Right. That they all made par. Yeah, where C was, was bad. Kevin not rolled one in to keep himself alive and just and, and Adam made up. Yeah, and, and and Adam Scott breeds them all uh, new life with a missed four-foot, 11-inch putt. So then we go to the second playoff hole, and we just run it right back. Same six guys, same hole. 18th hole you play, which I actually think 18 is a pretty good hole because it's a long par uh, four. You have to really be in the fairway to kind of attack. You can make, A birdie is probably going to win it, but a par is certainly not a given. I actually think it's a pretty good hole for a playoff. It is. Um, it, it puts a. It defines to me. It defines Sedgefield. It's what what this tournament is all about to me. Because while it is long um, in yardage, if you hit the fairway and you land your ball in the fairway, you can get a lot of a lot of roll. Um, so you can hit it out. You can get it out there a significant distance. And and then you still have a, a short iron in where you feel like you can attack, but it's uphill off of a downhill lie, which those two kind of think your, your eyes are looking up. You feel like you want to hit one really high, but the lies asking you to hit one low. And then it's a green with, which is probably the best part about it being uh, the best part about it for a playoff is how severe, how steep the green is from front to back. So you get really slow putts. If you're short, you do not want to go long because um, it feels like you're going to, chip it off the green and so it, it creates a good bit of strategy I, I agree with you rick it's a great hole 162 yards from the left side of the fairway kevin kisner swoops one in and sticks it to four feet one inch and after everyone else puts out does their thing kevin kisner rolls it in and snaps uh his winless drought in playoffs entering this week he was oh for five in playoff events Breaks the streak, gets it done. Victory for Kevin Kisner. Uh, it kind of reminds me of uh, Webb Simpson 
Webb Simpson had a really bad playoff record before going into the waste management. Uh, and he was able to get the job done there. Slightly, slightly different kind of playoff. Um, it was just he and Tony and Phoenix. Um, and here, obviously, it's six guys, as we mentioned. But this is the thing. You, you have to play aggressive in playoffs. And it's easy not to, which is something that Webb talked about back when he won, in, uh, when he did win in Phoenix, which was 2020. He talked about how in playoffs, he always felt like he had already secured a good week. And by the time he tied for the lead, he knew it was either going to be first or second. And it was a great week. And he'd kind of uh, approach it with a less than attitude, less than full focus. He, he wasn't locked in anymore the way he was in regulation. And uh, I, I don't know if I've seen that out of Kisner. I think of 2015. Um, I, I think of 2015 when he's in the Players' Championship with Ricky Fowler when that event was going on, he was locked in in that playoff and he just got beat. Um, but he's not afraid of going at the flag. He did it back then uh, at the players and he did it today. Um, stuffing that one close. It's weird that he had been over in playoffs, but, um, was, has won the match play, which everyone is always like the playoff is just, that's just match play, which is, which is always fun. So, um, yeah, and then this one's six per, six people. It's not match play. At all. Right. Like, this is the stroke play playoff. <laughs> yeah, that's that's awesome. So um, fourth victory for Kevin Kisner. RSM Classic in 2015, 2017, Dean and DeLuca. The match play that I mentioned, that was 2019. And then, of course, this one here, the 2021 Wyndham Championship. And, Greg, it would not be uh, the end of, you know, it would not be mid-August of a Ryder Cup year if every single you know, American who wins, who's on the, who might be on the bubble. Uh, we have the conversation that, Oh, is he going to get a call from Steve Stricker? Is Kevin Kisner going to be on the Ryder cup team? I, I know the answer to this if I was the captain, but this conversation is certainly not going to go away after this victory. The thing about Kevin Kisner is the, is the match play, which you already brought up and his success in the match play means that he's a great Ryder cup player. Or so we think. So anytime the Americans lose and Kevin Kisner wasn't on the team, um, we're not creative enough to put Kevin Kisner in there, right? We're that's that's kind of the knock that the Americans get. We just go chalk. We won't pick players who have uh, very good specific skill sets. And Kevin Kisner is kind of the poster boy for that, where he's just a great putter. He's great in match play, and he belongs on the Ryder Cup team. So they say. I, for one, um, don't sit in that camp at all. Um, I, I think that you're looking for someone who where, where you know what you're going to get. You don't think you might get something. I'm in the same place with Kevin Na. These two guys are great putters, and they're great players, and they're worthy of consideration, but they're not consistent enough for me to go out on a limb and choose them. Um, I, I'm looking for someone where I know. And with Kisner, am I going to get the Kisner who missed uh, five, five cuts in a row earlier in the year? Um, am I going to get the Kisner who shoots 79 on Sunday in a, on a par 70 golf course in Memphis? Or am I going to get the Kevin Kisner who wins at Wyndham? I don't know. And so for that reason, he's he's not on my Ryder Cup team if I'm captain. He is not on my Ryder Cup team either. I l let me be clear. I love Kevin Kisner. I think he's great. I think he is um, a, a little bit uh, undervalued. I think that he's a little bit disrespected. Um, but 
let's be clear here. The American squad is incredibly deep. And there are going to be a lot of guys that are better at golf than Kevin Kisner who are not going to be on this team. And I don't think that Whistling Straits is particularly a great setup for him when you could get, you know, a Scotty Shuffler on that team or uh, even a Will Zalatoris on that team. As much as I love Kevin Kisner, for my, for my Ryder Cup squad, he is a casualty of the course and he is a casualty of just the absolute death depth that the uh, American team has. I think you bring up a really good point with the golf course. Um, and Dean and DeLuca, I believe is at colonial. Um, I think back in 2017, it was at colonial. Um, yes. I'm pretty sure that was the event, but the RSM classic, I think of Webb Simpson having success there, Tyler Duncan. This is not a, um, a very long golf course. You look at, um, at Austin, uh, where they play the match play, where he's had all that success, and you get a there, there's a lot of big slopes you can take advantage of, and you can get extreme distance. And the match play is also an event. I, I think it's in a way the hardest event to win, and in a way the easiest event to win. It can kind yeah. of go, it, it can go either way. Well, so, we saw we saw Billy Horschel. Uh, I don't I don't remember how far he made it into the final four. I think or. I don't know if he got to the finals this year, but he was basically like, if you looked at the strokes gain metrics, he was like, um, this year. oh, he won it. Yeah. He was like, yeah. A mi- sorry. Yeah. Sorry, Billy. He was like a, he was like a minus one going into his last, his last match because it's just like, it's so, yeah, you, you could play, you could be the best golfer on the planet and lose a match and you could be the worst golfer for 18 holes and win. It's just, it's a very random event. So I get what you're saying. It's hard to win. It's easy yeah. to win. Right. And, and then that golf course also, he, Kisner clearly likes. So, um, and, and you get a lot of slope. There, there's a lot of opportunities to make really long holes, really short. If you put your tee shot in the proper place. Um, and then, and then you look at Sedgefield here. And again, another golf course, that's not very long. So Kiz is a guy who you don't see him, uh, step, even the players where he stepped up before nearly won uh, again in 2015, as I referenced that yet again. Um, but the players is another one, not very long. It's a positional golf course. And that's the kind of place that Kevin Kisner is going to have a, a, a lot of success. Um, you just look at this year, like Sherwood comes in tied 14th, not an overly long golf course, another positional golf course. The RSM Classic, we already talked about. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you just kind of go down the list at some of these really solid events. The Travelers. Yeah, Travelers, Champions. right, okay. yeah. There's another short one. Rocket Mortgage, another short one. The Open Championship stretch it out a little bit, you know, major championship, bigger play 73rd world golf championships in Memphis, a little bit stronger field, a little bit bigger, a little bit bigger golf course, not overly long, but 63rd. So I don't see him playing really well on, on the big golf courses. I see him playing really well on this kind of golf course, driving accuracy, putting like we talked about Monday. Kevin Kisner gets it done. Kevin Kisner gets his fourth uh, PGA Tour victory. There will be more conversation about Kevin Kisner uh, potentially making a Ryder Cup team. But I want to go back to this one little, I mean, this is a trope at this point, Greg, where we say, you know, winning on Sunday is hard. Winning on Sunday is is hard. Now, Phil Mickelson was the last player to convert a 54-hole lead into a victory on the PGA Tour at, uh, at the PGA Championship, which I think was 12 or 13 events ago. So now my question to you is why? Why is it so hard? I think I have in my brain why I think guys do not necessarily convert this at a high rate. I think it's a combination of three different things. Why is winning so hard? Um, well, there's a lot of really, really good players. You have to shoot a really, really good round on Sunday to win. 
Yeah. Um, and so when I when I look at the Sunday leaderboard, it's almost this happens almost every time that the look Kisner 66, nah 66, Grace 66, mm -hmm. Siwoo Kim 64, Adam Scott 65, uh, 66 from Sloan, 66 from Webb, 66 from Streelman. I didn't skip a single guy and I just get to Russell Henley and he shoots 71. You go below him. It's again, more rounds of 67 or better. So on Sunday, on payday, you have to go low to win. It, it very rarely happens where somebody gets in and wins with a 70. It just doesn't happen that often. Um, and, and when you're leading heavy lies, the crown, as they say, it, it's a mm -hmm. lot of pressure and the attitude and the mindset is much more of well, let's wait and see. And it's much harder to go out with the same aggressive mindset as you are when you're chasing. But I'd, I'd love to hear your three reasons. Yeah. So I think it's a combination of three. And I think you hit two of them. One, number one, uh, tiger spoiled us. Tiger absolutely spoiled yes. us by closing okay. out. I what twenty five of twenty five of these yeah. or something ridiculous. Yeah. That was okay, a so great tweet from Justin Ray today. In response, he quoted somebody. What well, my guess is, Tiger was. Um, oh, you know what it was? Three shot lead or better, um, or three shot lead going into Sunday. They win forty three percent of the time. And someone tweeted, uh, "My guess is Tiger was like ninety eight percent." And he goes, "Tiger was twenty five of twenty five with yeah. a three shot lead or better." Yeah. So anyway, I digress. So he absolutely spoiled us, right? So so I think the perception of you're supposed to close these things down, that's part one. Then you get the pressure, right? You're sleeping on a three-shot lead and you are now expected to win. But I've already I've already kind of uh, debunked that one. You're not really expected to win because you don't win these that often. Like if someone said, right. uh, if someone just sat down, uh, Russell Headley and said, hey, bud, uh, you know, you're like a dog to close, to win this thing. And also yeah. no one has helped, has, has converted a 54 hole lead since the PGA championship. He might've been like, okay, a little less pressure on me. And then uh, third of all is, is, is what you nailed. It, it is, there's too many guys. There's too many good guys who are going to shoot five, six, seven under par and anybody like you, you can't be, you can't be, you really have to come and still have your good stuff. So it, it's just, right. it goes against our perception of how a Sunday should go. And it happens every single week. And we still, we still think differently about it. To your point on tiger spoiling us. I, I think he had a, an ability to box guys out better than, and tiger, in the leaderboard, it, he didn't have to focus on his own game, quote unquote. Like Tiger wanted to know where everybody was because it, it dictated his strategy in a lot of ways. And that to me is a blend of patience and smarts and, and reaction. And you don't see that very often. And so for Tiger could, he could plot along and play his plotter game and he could go make three birdies in a row flipping the switch if he if he needed to if he felt someone was coming he could go shoot 64 if he felt like scoring was good and everybody was charging at him but he could also shoot 71 and and close the deal if that's what he had to do and that's a rare ability that i don't think coaches uh, i definitely wouldn't preach to my players because i think it's hard to change your rhythm that way and tiger knew how to do it and very few players do there's so much that happens on sunday 
Harris English gets a slow play. There's a ruling. All of a sudden, um, all the cameras are on you and you know it and you got to take a drop or you hit a shot that gets a bad break and you're in a situation and now things start moving fast and you get on the defensive instead of where everybody else behind you, they, they smell opportunity and they're chasing it and it puts you in a really tough spot and it's tough to flip the switch when you're Henley and all of a sudden that three shot lead is gone. It's tough to go chaser mindset. I, I think that plays into it as well. They gave us two extra holes of the regular season, but now it's a wrap and we turn our attention to the FedEx cup playoffs. Playoffs. I didn't know if Jacob was going to hit it or not. Thank you, Jacob. Okay. So, uh, we, we, there was, there was drama, uh, coming down the home stretch at the Wyndham championship. First of all, Chesson Hadley, <laughs> Chesson Hadley makes his first ace ever, not, not on the PGA tour, not on television ever in his entire life on the final rounds of the regular season to get him to 126th, knowing that 125 get in Greg and, uh, by a, a small miracle, Justin Rose three putts, 18, to drop out of, of the 125 and to get Chesson Hadley in this thing. Uh, one, it's heartbreaking for both of these guys because oh. I, I love them. Um, and Justin Rose, who comes into this event on no form and all of a sudden turns into Justin Rose from 2018. That was pretty cool to see. And then you see the, you see how um, when you're this, far up the mountain, so to speak, near the top of the leaderboard, how big the point differentials are. Huge. Fall in one spot, um, missing one putt, it, it turns into, okay, I got a chance to win to I'm done. My year is done. Just, I mean, I don't know where he would have gone, but he would have been inside the top 100 for sure if he had won, if he had actually won, gotten into the playoff and won. So it, it, it would have been a massive jump. Um, and then all of a sudden he, he, he's done and he played great. And, and if, if it went the other way and Rosie got in, we'd feel devastated for Chesson because he goes out and shoots 29 on his first nine. He needs it. We saw what happened at Congaree um, at the Palmetto and our hearts go out to him and our hearts went out to him at length and we felt really bad for Chesson and he was very open about it and public about it. Um, and he comes in this week and he pours his heart out there, shoots 62 and it's enough. It, it, uh, it was pretty cool. We did a first look uh, preview pod for the Northern Trust. That is out now, so you can go ahead and watch that. But a couple of other uh, big movers here. Adam Scott uh, needed a good week, Greg, and got it. He went from 121st uh, into now what is going to be 82nd. So he's again going to be kind of a bubble boy at the Northern Trust because the Northern Trust is going to cut it down to 70. But step one accomplished now he goes to step two of course the wind would have been great the wind would have uh leapfrogged him in, in a big way if he can make a four foot 11 inch putt in the first hole of the playoff but uh, i imagine that if he just looked at this as a whole he well i don't know he, he should think it's a successful week i'm not sure how he's actually going to feel about it well it, uh, this is disappointing ultimately in the heat of battle if i'm if i'm coaching a player in in this event i'm not talking about where we need to finish for the FedEx cup playoffs. 
Like a, a T21 gets you into the playoffs. If you miss the cut here, you're you're done your season. I'm not talking about that. How are we going to go out and win this event? Um, and, and that's kind of where your mindset has to be. And Justin Rose talked about that being his mindset. It definitely seemed like Adam Scott's mindset was the same. Um, Adam has been playing some better golf of late more so than Justin Rose. He's really kind of been trending in the right direction. At least it's been a little more consistent. It's been steady. He's been making some cuts, just hasn't quite caught that fire yet, which he did today. Um, but I think he's been swinging a little bit better. So um, for Adam coming in, the mindset and the goal is to win. And for that reason, this is disappointing. You're going to leave here saying, I, 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 had, I gave that tournament away. I handed it. I had it. It was mine. And, and I fumbled it on the one yard line walking into the end zone. I mean, um, so I'm, I'm sure that Adam Scott is disappointed right now when this settles down, he should look back at this as a good week. I mean, he gave himself a chance to win. He hasn't done that really at all this year, maybe the Memorial, but not really the Memorial had John. I mean, by the time he's through 54 holes, uh, John Rom's leading by six and he, yeah. He's not even, he's nowhere near that. So he, he hasn't really had a chance to win all year. Um, and so I, I think he will eventually look at this, um, with, with a positive, you know, a positive mindset, but right now it hurts. Yeah. He needs to take a step back. He needs to realize that, uh, celebrating small victories is a good thing. And one of the better ways to celebrate small victories is with Arnold Palmer spiked Greg, because it is that timeless classic combination of both lemonade and iced tea with 5% ABV. I have been the cart girl has these at my local at my local course Greg so I've been I've been stocking up you know you get one for now you throw one in the cooler you, you wait a couple holes and you catch your again so these these are uh very good on course and off course little little drinks I love these love, they're love right these. on about the same level of goodness as uh, as that tease getting into that read, that was, that was, uh, <laughs> professional. Pro, I try to pro. blindside you, you know, you know, keep it like, let me, let me integrate this a little bit and see what happens. Obviously they come in multi-packs or a tall 24 ounce can, and you can find Arnold Palmer spiked in a store near you. I get mine at Albertsons, uh, but you can find where to look at arnoldpalmerspike.com slash first or search for it on Drizzly and Instacart. That's arnoldpalmerspike.com slash first. 2021 Hornell Brewing Company, Memphis, Tennessee. Malt beverage with natural flavor. Celebrate responsibly. Woo. I'm, I'm in mid-season four. Good thing we're, yeah, we're rocking and rolling here. Uh, Greg, we have a one and done update, my friend. It's not, yeah. it's not great for either of us. So. No, no. <laughs> but it's also, uh, it could be worse. It could be worse, I suppose. Let me let me get this pulled up here. So, Coach uh, was stuck at five million and just a hair over that. He went with JT Poston. I got to admit, Greg, I I was very high on Poston. You know, actually, I, I mean, too. Kisner Kisner really fit the mold of what we had been talking about, right? Be an accurate player. Length is not necessarily a prerequisite. Be able to putt well. That I mean, that's this is why we ranked the Kevin's on Monday. Right. The only thing. I so I had in my ranking I had Kevin Na I had Na Kisner Streelman. You had two guys in the playoff. You had two guys in the playoff and one guy a shot out. And yes, which was cool. That's uh, really that was really cool. But they really fit the mold. That it just it, it's nice that they all have the same first name. So it makes for 
you know, a good, uh, a good talking point, but, um, but Kisner, the one, the, the fit, as you mentioned, was perfect. The one concern was the 79 on Sunday in Memphis. And it, it happens and it was kind of early in the day. You don't really see a lot of that. Um, you don't see a lot of that round. So you don't know where he is. You don't know if that's a fluke, if it's a one-off, if he just says, all right, I'm, I'm over that. And now he come, comes back to play, which clearly he did. Um, but I, I would say any of the any of the Kevins would have been on a very similar level to a JT Post in play. Jacob uh, had five point six million. Jacob, hop on and defend yourself here. You went with Brian Harmon. He got you zero dollars. And um, good thing the money increases because I think you're gonna need you're gonna need three more victories coming down the stretch here. Uh, well, I guess I'm in the same boat as Coach. Now we're just looking towards next year, even though it means nothing. <laughs> There's no sort of dynasty aspect of this. You can't carry picks over. Uh, so it's a, and it there's no draft either. So there's no draft. There's no yeah. point. Tanking. There's, uh, I don't know why I feel a little bit better about Brian Harmon than I do about JT Poston, but I still don't feel great. I had C Woo in another league, so that was fun, but doesn't count here. They both got the same amount of money, unfortunately, and they both got the same amount of money as both Greg and I's pick, which we'll get to in just one second. Kyle Porter has $8.4 million. He went with Johnny Vegas, 91000 Where did Vegas end up? Wow, T15. He shot a Sunday 63, so flies up the leaderboard and at least gets KP 91000 so that he stays within reach, Greg. I think at this point of the season, with three events to go and three very large prizes left, you got to be within reach. Kyle Porter is, is within reach. Yeah. There's a, there's kind of a, a lot. You could call it the Mendoza line, right? Right <laughs> above Jacob's name. I'm sorry. Jacob. <laughs> sorry, Jacob. <laughs> right above Jacob's name on the list is um, the guys that you really feel like have a chance. And from sitting where I am, I don't feel safe at all with the, with the point spreads that we have coming up the next three weeks. Mark, has been foreshadowing his pick for this week for seven months. He went with Webb at Wyndham, which is the key. And he got 201,000, which Greg has to be the, the, the most disappointing 201,000. So if you were a web backer, he was in the mix Friday night and you're thinking, Oh boy, here, here it comes again. He made a run on Sunday. He finished one shot out of the playoff. If you finish one shot out of the playoff, you should not be getting 201,000. But because that's a three-way tie for seventh, that's all you get. Yeah. (laughs) It's so bad. It's great. Uh, This week, it's fantastic. Um, Webb always shows up. It's amazing. It, It is absolutely amazing that Webb Simpson does this year in and year out. It unfortunately breaks the streak of uh, four straight years of top five finishes here. Uh, I think top fours. And it's like, it's but he so was probably closer to the lead this time right. than he was in any of the other ones. Right. He's one <laughs> shot out of the playoff. It's got to go down as a T seven. And we're going to wonder what happened. I guess he yeah. didn't have it. Hey, yeah, you're right. He did everything right. Um, yesterday's round may have been disappointing. What, whatever it's, it's beautiful for you and I, Rick, that, um, that he had that in the chamber. He waited all year long and yes. I feel a small victory and I was a web backer, so I'm disappointed on that front. But in this front, I'm thrilled. 
Yeah, he got very unlucky with that, uh, which is good for us because you and I both took goose eggs here. So I went with Charles Schwartzel, who I was convinced that the metrics had turned themselves around. He had fixed the putter. He had been driving well. Um, not this week. He was horrible with the putter. He was horrible everywhere. He 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 almost finished dead last. Let me pull. Let me uh, let me scroll down. Um, no, he Don't finished fourth from last. <laughs> Don't do that to yourself. <laughs> I mean, what am I supposed to do? A miscut is a miscut. I mean, what can you do? But I didn't do much better. You had Jason Kokrak. Jason Kokrak, who shot rounds of 70-74. He was on featured coverage so he um it was strange because he was on he was on PGA Tour live it was supposed to be Kokrak, Louie and Reed that was that was the featured group Reed withdraws earlier in the week Louie withdrawed what Wednesday evening so Kokrak gets to play with Josh Teeter and hold on I have it right here Wes Roach <laughs> and it was just kind of a weird pair he never got any momentum going and he missed the cut yeah, I mean, I'm definitely not blaming it on uh, no, of on course, Aaron, um, by I any means. But I, I thought Jason Kokrak was, aside from Webb Simpson, um, once Louis withdrew too. Um, I, I thought he was the best player in the field, um, right up there with him. I mean, he, he's definitely in the conversation. I, I thought he was going to make a move and uh, get his way into the Comcast business tour top 10 earn himself a little bit of extra cash. I felt like it was that kind of year, two wins on the year. Um, and, and he kind of fits the mold in a way a little bit longer, but a great driver of the ball who puts really well too. And that's the mold at Wyndham. You see a lot of these short game putting guys um, near the top, but I expected Kokrak to really have a great week. And I, I thought if he was in the mix up near the top of this leaderboard, he may be able to, you know, assert a little bit of, uh, assert a little bit of confidence, a little dominance on these guys. And it, it didn't go that way at all. So really, I, I think it was a great pick going in. I still do. I stand by the pick. I just am so disappointed that it's a zero. A zero. The zero I, I would have been better off just picking Webb again. Uh, take just take yeah, the and save and save Kokrak, save Kokrak for the tour championship or whatever, in case he finishes in the top five of the FedEx. Who knows? Who knows? Wow, 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 wow. All right, well, here's what we're at we are uh, we're headed towards the playoffs. This is uh, this is it for the regular season. The super season, the super season has three events to go. We're 47 in the books. Now, I guess every season is going to be a super season, Greg, because I think we have 47 on the schedule next year. So I guess we should stop calling it the super season. This is, this is what the, 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 the new norm, as they say. Uh, well, uh, let's the, the delineation I think is the majors the, this was a super season because you had, um, you know, six majors in the season. So I give that a little bit of a bump, but you're right. There's not many more, there's not many weeks off on the PGA tour. So it'd be hard to, you know, differentiate how many events there are because they basically play every week. So you got 47 this year. That means there are only, only five weeks off through the whole year. That's quite a, um, quite an off season. All right. Well, we will be back. There is already a first look preview out for the Northern Trust. We'll be back on Monday for the DFS preview, Tuesday for the Megapod, and round by round recaps. The rest, oh my God. <laughs> look who the cat drags in. It's Kyle Porter. KP, I'm I'm putting an end to this. What what, what what's up? This is me entering the the playoff. We gotta keep going. <laughs>
<laughs> you guys I mean, the you, floor. You were Russell Henley. You thought it was over, and then <laughs> it's not. Whoops. Then, two, then I missed an 18 inches. I missed an 18 uh, inches. Here's so I, I don't have that many takes. I won't here's my primary take. Because this is going to turn into a Ryder Cup thing with Kisner, right? I'm sure you guys talked about it. Yep, we did. And I just I'm not saying he shouldn't be on the team, but I don't think this win means that he should be on the team. And and I, I have no idea what you guys said or whatever, but he's got three top twenties this year. That's not if very Ad, good. If Adam Scott makes a four foot eleven inch putt, we're not even having this conversation. Yeah. And listen, like if he top tens at the next three playoff events, I'm all in. Like put him on the team. I'm just I, I just don't think that this is a finish line for him being on the Ryder Cup team. Um, he's not going to be in the top 15 next week in terms of the standings. Uh, I, I think it'd be great if he was on the team, but I, I think I think he has work to do to get on that team, I guess is what I'm saying. If he wins again next week, uh, I, I think there may be a real opportunity <laughs> to talk. Very, but very no, you're brave. right. Very you're, brave, you're right brave. on. Yeah. Yeah, he's got to go back to We back. said the same thing. There's there's just nothing. Um, there's, there's nothing. One week shouldn't determine whether or not you're on a team right this isn't a this isn't a reward for great play it's a it may be a perk of good play but you're trying to build the best team and i i don't think because a guy won at uh at, at sedgefield it means he's one of the 12 best players um that, that you can take but i will say i think a win like this is more meaningful than phil winning in may right even though it's phil won a cold. major yeah, Phil won a major. That's obviously a bigger win, but this is much closer to like, hey, are you are you like playing great golf right now? Phil is not. Kisner is. So I, I I do think there's that aspect of like maybe sometimes we underrate how much momentum guys have going. I remember Billy Horschel back in what was that when he won the the FedEx Cup fourteen, and 14. he didn't he didn't make the Ryder Cup team, and you're like, oh, that that's kind of dumb in retrospect. Like that that guy should be on the team. So. Do you think we picked the teams too soon? Like, if you look at this, <laughs> yes, right. Wait, you, like us or like yeah, act, the American? Act, oh, um, the, the actual like it ends when, after when the are BMW. they actually? When are they actually doing it? After the BMW Tour mm-hmm. Championship doesn't count. You got two more weeks on the PGA Tour. I mean, maybe you're not missing that much, but I feel like I'd like to wait as long as possible just to well, see. You still got You still have a month until the Ryder Cup starts, right? Right, um, which is well, a, more which, a month than what ten days? I think it's like the tw- uh, September twenty fifth, uh, right around there. Is it really after the? So it's in two weeks. They're picking the Ryder Cup team. Yeah, uh, September twenty first to the twenty sixth. Wow, the I didn't realize that. that. I didn't realize the well. And this year's this year's different than sometimes in past years. It'll be like the week after. I remember in sixteen when Rory won the Tour Championship and then showed up with you know just swagged out of his mind at hazeltine and just destroyed everyone and then europe still lost but it i don't love that there's that to answer your question greg i don't love that there's that big of a gap between the picks and the actual event i i don't know that there's a way to do it differently because are you going to make picks based on the Fortnite championship or whatever that tournament what's it what's it called rick Fortnite. Fortnite. I I will never not call it the Fortnite championship. Uh, you can't do it. I mean, it's just the timing of it is awkward. Uh, by the way, 
one other take. I saw DJ Pihowski said this on Twitter. The the 15 mil at the Tour Championship, the FedEx Cup, should absolutely be the top 10 in, in like a knockout format like we saw in the playoff today. Like if you if like if you if you don't keep up like if you're the lowest score, you're gone. And then you just play it out until somebody's got 15. That would be insane. Like that would be so much fun. Because these these six and seven man playoffs, I mean, we were up for the Olympics. It's so fun. Like it's yeah, it's it really insane. is insane. A knockout, it, a knockout version would be cool. Oh, for that much money? Yeah. That would be sweet. Yeah, that's Wait. that's strong. Uh, outside of Kevin Kisner Ryder Cup takes, do you have anything else? Russell Henley coughing this one up or how hard it is to convert a 54-hole lead apparently or Chesson Hadley getting in and Justin Rose three-putting on 18 to get out? Like what, what else you got? The Hadley thing was really cool. If people haven't yeah. watched that interview, they should go watch it. Uh, that's 90% of professional golfers. It's not the Rory Rom JT that we give all the oxygen to. It's the Chess and Hasleys. It's it's even the you know it's Kisner even I would throw in there and Russell Henley like th- those those guys make up the majority of what it's like to be a professional golfer and for Hadley to say hey I'm I like legitimately care about this stuff man that's that's really meaningful I thought that was I thought that was cool I do wonder and maybe you guys talked about this if some of the you know guys can't close out fifty four hole leads I wonder if that's because they see how deep every like fields are and they know uh, this might be my only chance for the next three years and that gets into your head maybe more than it did 25 years ago i i don't know i don't know what the difference is there but it's been there's been some real like kind of i don't know if meltdown is the right word but just some kind of collapses over the last couple months yeah there really has there's just too many guys. We we said there's just too many guys that can go low. And by the time you start, by the time you start your round and you're already your three shot leads down to one, and you've watched a couple of guys make birdie early, and it's just like it just starts to spiral very quickly. Yeah. It's just it's you only play 20 events a year. You've only got three shots at winning. And <laughs> it's just gotta be so emotionally tight, especially to go, go try to try to go wire to wire. I mean, that's just I mean, Henley tried to do it at the U.S. Open as well. It's very, very, very difficult to do. Do you – okay, talk about wire-to-wire. There is uh, – this is used in two different ways. So I understand wire-to-wire to be uh, officially you lead after every single round without any ties. That's the way that I understand it. However, it is used as if you lead after each round which I also agree with, but I just think that when, when things get quoted, I don't know which one we're using. You mean with ties, like including ties? Correct. Uh, like what's the, what should be the actual definition? I believe actually, and be, I only know this because Justin Ray corrected me one time and I trust him, is that it is wire to wire is you led after each round with no other people tied with you after each round. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think that's right. But I think what I mean more is like, hey, you're getting dragged into the interview room on Thursday night, right. on Friday night, on you're thinking about it on Saturday. Like, there's just so much that goes along with, yeah. even if you're not leading, if you're like first, third, first, and then on into the final round, like, this just, it's emotionally taxing in ways that people like us probably don't comprehend or understand. 
uh, I definitely do not understand uh, the emotions of sleeping on a 18, 36, or 54 hole lead on the PGA Tour. Gentlemen, it has been an absolute pleasure. We are now headed to the Northern Trust. That's the bit you have to yell at because it's in all caps. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> for the FedEx Cup playoffs. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That right there is Kyle Porter. You can find him on Twitter at Kyle Porter CBS. Greg Ducharme at The Real GFD. Producer Jacob does all the hard work behind the scenes. Thank you very much. You can find me at Rick Run Good. This has been the first cut, and we'll catch you next time. I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.